Star Trek, The Nerdy Frontier. These are the discussions of the Good Time Society. Their continuing mission to explore each episode, to seek out new topics and ridiculous observations, to boldly watch what they've already watched before. To another episode of To Boldly Watch. This is episode 411. Is this our 411th episode? No, it is it not. It could be. We you don't, don't count know. like that. <laughs> we count special here. <laughs> uh, this is a podcast where we watch Star Trek The Next Generation and talk about it. I'm one of your hosts, Becca Scott. <laughs> I'm Jake Michaels. And I'm Xander Genere. And hey, hey you there. Do you, you like this podcast? Do you like what we do on Good Time Society? Well, I wish I could help more. If only there was some way I could help, but also receive some benefits, some exclusive <laughs> benefits, even. Wow, Xander, so glad you asked. If because there are exclusive benefits <gasps> if you become a patron on our Patreon page at patreon.com/slash Good Time Society. Wow, how convenient. I know. Uh, so yeah, uh, thanks to everybody who's watching this video, because that means you're probably a patron, and we appreciate you. Xander, you play the role of common listener so well. That was such an authentic voice. I was born to play it. I, know, I listen I, I, every day of my life. I almost called you an average Joe, but I couldn't bring myself to do it because there's no situation where you fit that bill. That's very true. He's no average Joe. Okay, so my neither next role, are our patrons. I need to be average joe <laughs> i need to, to study stretch. one <laughs> and neither is data let's actually as we're gonna learn in a day in data's life simply entitled data's day data's day data's day on uh, this episode data writes a letter to the man who wants to use him for science experiments <laughs> yes dr maddox to who I inform his yeah to inform his opponent about uh his ability to adapt to the human lifestyle aboard the enterprise <laughs> that's the thing is that data has no opponents that was the whole thing Aww. i suppose but i mean like it, but i meant the opponent in that episode because they were across each other in the trial right. of data's sentience right but he dr maddox got better well that's what, the, well that's what i'm so <laughs> impressed with because this this episode opens with him actually referencing that they regularly correspond so data's yeah. helping him yeah, which i yeah. love i love that he's making a friend of his enemy i guess if you have no emotions you can't hold a grudge but sometimes he really should <laughs> he should <laughs> well we find out throughout the perspective of this whole episode right i mean he leads in with saying it's like he's going to kind of focus on like his interpersonal relations or his friendships i believe he said right set up for the best episode of all time <laughs> this is a pretty good one he had mentioned a bunch of different things of like this is a good cross-section of things that are happening throughout my day i'll interact with these people yeah. it's diwali because he mentions the festival of lights yeah oh my gosh a really quick digression in memory we alpha, don't allow those here <laughs> we absolutely do in uh memory alpha based on the fact that um the hindu holiday was mentioned yeah. as a matter of fact they tried to figure out based on that what like what date it was and therefore uh. like what day the um enterprise was made or something like that here's what here's what it says in memory oh. alpha Data mentions this episode takes place during a celebration of the Hindu Festival of Lights, one of the few references to an actual non-fictional religions in Star Trek, which I've, I kind of forgot. They don't really ever mention a real religion in Star Trek. They mention mm. science fiction religions. So is that a slight? 
Not at all. They're saying that the Hindu traditions actually still live on in enterprise cultures. That was the only one that held the test of time. Okay. And I think it's also like a non of like it's uh, not as common in America, like uh, well, whereas I, Christianity is dominant at that time, right? So, well, like, the annoying part is like, are they saying it's basically made like up and exotic? Americans will have never yeah, yeah. heard of it? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I think they're trying to show diversity, honestly. Yeah. Again, it's 1990s. Uh, and it's this a throwaway is, line. But Memory Alpha continues that this suggests, well, I don't know if it's a throwaway. I think they generally were trying to show diversity a little bit mm. with there, but saying, hey, we, uh, amongst the number of things that we're, we're talking about is that this holiday falls on this time. So it's a culture, a custom, which is something that data is learning about. Hmm. Well, we also, I mean, to jump towards the end of it, we have this blend of like Japanese-esque Shinto traditions that are kind of, but like with a Star Trek twist on it. So it is made up still. <laughs> Um, yeah, this pairing it, of a of a, a incredibly Irish man with a <laughs> yeah with Keiko for sure with Keiko. Um, this is our introduction to Keiko, right? This We've is, never met Keiko. We've before. never okay. met Keiko before, right. but yeah. what a way to get to know her! I forgot all of her like intro stuff. Yeah, well, it starts with her doubting whether she should go to the the altar, right? Mm -hmm. She is, in fact, the ship's gardener. That's right. She is botanist. Is what we call those folks. Yeah, yeah. She's a, uh, she works in that arboretum, which yes. uh, actually is on all all the starships. In fact, original Star Trek had an arboretum as well. Because mm -hmm. you have to take a bit of like Earthscape with you out there into space. You need a park to chill. Honestly, in that's better than a holodeck. Why are right? we hanging out in this arboretum all the time? It should. They, we should shoot more scenes in the Arboretum. Okay, we will. All right, production noted. Yeah, yeah put, put this down. <laughs> so there's a lot of activities that are cultural and significant across the ship in just this one day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we we introduce Keiko and Miles and the fact that Keiko is really hesitant to get married. I think, does she even really... Like explain it to him beyond the fact that she it will make her happy to not go to the altar right now, right? Which is how data confuses what to do in the best situation. Yeah. So the entire episode is, of course, data centric. So everything is through the eyes of data, including the B plot, uh, the uh, the C plot, the B really? plot, yeah. uh, maybe the weddings and <laughs> C plot, which we haven't gotten to yet. Um, about like I love the way that we only see data's mm. version of events, yes. or or rather his perspective of what yeah. he, the, only the knowledge he gets. So that's a really cool take on on the way to, that they constructed this episode. Um, but. Going back to Keiko and meeting her, it's important that Ke that Data was chosen to walk her down the aisle mm -hmm. because he introduced them, which I never remembered. I didn't put either. that together either. I didn't yeah. remember that because they made it up for this episode, right? <laughs> or oh. that even he was sort of her friend first before, like he got close with O'Brien, or he is the Tinder of the Enterprise. You, yeah, everyone's just swiping data. <laughs> uh, as they do for wedding gifts later in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> the tender of wedding gifts was created here. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but no, I also, I, I, I really enjoyed the perspective of everything through Data's eyes, especially when we get to some of the, like the larger missions, how you sort of reflect back on the other missions that we've done. Like, oh, this is what must have been what he was thinking you know, or what his perspective was for the other missions that we've been on with him. So it was a cool change, but also a great way to do like a cast catch up without doing a clip show. You got to yeah. sort of reintroduce all of the characters and what their main things are without having to like reuse footage or anything like that. Yeah, that's great a good point. point. 
Yeah, they they definitely. He had a like a scene with every major person on board. Yeah. Did, I think except Jordy, but he like he well, had. They always have the scenes together. Yeah, there's right. I guess the haircut scene. The haircut scene. Yeah, that's I forgot about the haircut which scene, which we'll get to. Yeah. Uh, thought gone. Oh, I remember. At the beginning of the episode, the first VO, when you're like, okay, this is a VO episode, let's lock <laughs> in, this is what it's going to be, this is the level mm. of... VO can be cheesy in any situation. Sure, um, personal but love. the very first one, I, it just felt like Data was not playing to the top of Data's intelligence in this interaction where Kiko says... I, I don't want to get married and he can't really understand the concept of cold feet. He thinks that of like he knows humans are deceptive because he later refers to Riker's irony. But in this moment, he can't understand that she has other things clouding her decision making process. And uh, I think that we've seen such growth from data in the previous three and a half seasons that it was a little eye rolly of like data would never I think in I see what you're saying, but in this case, because they're dealing with like a wedding and like a ceremony specifically, I could see that the argument like he thinks it's like canceling a birthday party or like, mm -hmm. a you know, it's not that big of a deal to cancel the wedding. I, I kind of hear that, Xander, because I also wonder if like his learning is so different from ours. I feel like he mm -hmm. when he takes a lesson that he's learned about human emotion, he applies it very specifically to that situation and he has trouble translating it to other situations. Right. The birthday is a good comparison. Like. He's like, will this make you immediately happy? She's like, yes. He's like, then that is what we will sh should do. Yeah. But he understands that a wedding is correlated to a marriage. And he later expresses to Troy that it is something that he someday desires. I, but yeah, that so I nice. see that you have brought receipts to this argument. And I concede <laughs> you are right. <laughs> You've done your research. <laughs> More on that scene later. I think he's also convoluting the fact that two emotions can be felt about a wedding, which is excitement and like love, but also nervousness. Yeah, yeah. And trepidation. Exactly. Mm, Multiclassing in mm -hmm. emotions when you don't, you're an NPC. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was kind of a, an eye rolling moment too when he goes to 10 forward to tell O'Brien, he's like, I have great, great news. news. It's yeah. like, okay, there's a little bit of logic that you're missing. I guess on that's this. the part that I was like, uh, yeah. Data knows better. Yeah. <laughs> I hear that. Data hear that. knows he's delivering information that may not be received well. It was kind of like an after school special the way Jordy delivered his line too, which is like, maybe next time. I should give the good news. Yeah. <laughs> and then title sequence. Yeah. yeah. I hear that. <laughs> so that's Beta's first like wah, wah, wah. Uh, we go on to open in the first like I think it's the first act where he says what's happening throughout the day as well. Mm. Do you notice that he said there's two chess tournaments today? Oh, I did not notice that. There's not one chess tournament. There's an auxiliary chess tournament. Oh. <laughs> it's like, it's an average day on the ship. That means every day there's two chess tournaments. <laughs> Listen, there's not a I whole wonder... lot else to do when you're traveling. <laughs> what differentiates what differentiates these tournaments? Is one junior, one senior? One's like, uh, you Red know. shirt, yellow shirt. Ooh, I bet they oh. get departments. <laughs> Speed chess versus untimed. I think it's two. I think it's, it was one club that had a lot of rules interpretation differences on terms of like timing and stuff like that. So they split into two clubs. It was just too. One's popular. a saucer section <laughs> group. One's a. Oh, <laughs> they finally and separated. Warp drive section. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, command team uh, never invites anyone else to their poker games. So that's yeah, true. Can, there's a, thirteen true. poker games on any given day. Auxiliary. Every time we see that saucer separation sequence we also see chess boards being picked up and moved <laughs> very That's carefully the new montage. <laughs> um 
Yeah, I have in my notes, because I think it was one of the first ones, but Worf and Data are great together. And I wish that we had more scenes of the two of them together, because the I think you mentioned it, the, the gift uh, bit. But the two of them connecting on that level of like being an orphan and not understanding human customs and things like that is a great connection point between the two of them. Absolutely. Uh, after we meet the ambassador is the scene where he talks right. to Worf and uh. he's like, Worf and I get along great because we're both fish out of water. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Real perspective. Uh, yeah, so yeah. he, he too sees how well they work together. Well, I also like it that like it's a... It's data looking through the lens of Worf looking into human culture and customs, yeah. right? And we go to the replication center, which I guess is just the pier one of the Enterprise. Like, why do people just get a teddy bear? And like, you replicate that at home, right? Yeah. Is it could. a bigger replicator than a food replicator? I guess so. Yeah. yeah. You could, it uh, has, maybe a vehicle or something. It's the merchandise <laughs> yeah. replicator. Mm, brand names only. Oh, maybe you could download special patterns or something. From yeah. Well, a lot of glassware, apparently, as we mm. start doing some uh, home shopping network level browsing. But yeah, they're like, this is a traditional gift. This is also a traditional gift. All right, we'll get this traditional <laughs> gift. <laughs> but the, there, uh, there's a great quote from Data here said to Worf, which is, it is my understanding, a gift should reflect the giver. And then he points to the glass swan yep. dish they're looking at. This does not reflect you. <laughs> great gift giving advice right mm -hmm. there yeah. as we go into the holiday season. So a knife set, I think we all agree, is what yeah. people should be giving them, right? Actually, yeah. yeah just do what his adoptive parents did and just default to giving everyone the same gift. <laughs> then you never have to think about it. Klingon socks. <laughs> uh, these are just made of chain link. Spoilers, but I bought my whole family pickleball. Everyone's oh. getting pickleball rackets. <laughs> Oh. This is spoilers for their Christmas, is what you mean by spoilers? It's spoilers for my mom who listens to this. <laughs> but, uh, I we'll, don't know we'll if, see this if this will come released out. After. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She'll know by now. <laughs> I'll put a little bumper in front of it that says, Speck's <laughs> mom, don't listen. Skip to minute 255. <laughs> um, great scene. Great scene yes. of, of these two just not understanding humanity. Yeah. Uh, but prior to that, as you mentioned, uh, uh, we have like, I guess, the B plot, which B. is the the ambassador, the Vulcan ambassador, Tapel, mm -hmm. I believe he is. Tapel, not Tapel. And she's <laughs> Tapel. And she's come on board because, well, we don't know why. In fact, as we've mentioned, this because this is from Data's perspective, we only know what Data knows yeah. for much of this episode. And she's very secretive. Mm -hmm. yeah. But she's also very Vulcan, right? And she's very, as as Data like reiterates for us about how they don't have a, they don't, uh, how, what was his exact wording? Because he said, I hmm. may seem more like a Vulcan in that because they don't express emotions in the same way. But you know what? They're just a little bit off. So no, thank you. I'll study humans. <laughs> yeah. He says, because they, uh, they don't have emotion, they're not affected by emotional considerations. He says, I'm more Vulcan than human, which I've never thought he would say before because he's always striving for humanity. But you're right. Yeah. He immediately puts that off when he tries to address her and she's treats him as, you know, another computer. Right. Mm -hmm. Which we've seen before uh, people yeah. reacting to data in that way. Mm -hmm. But 
we also we haven't seen a whole lot of Vulcans in Next Generation a, a, at all. Also, like I don't get how this person is supposed to be such a slick ambassador because they're not very nice. Ambassadors no. are supposed to be the charming ones. <laughs> like, right? Well, she's also like retired or something. Like, or we don't know so far, but she's like done. Oh, uh, so she just doesn't care anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so we don't at this point in the episode know what her business is, but she knows she's going to be privately meeting with Picard to inform him of what's going on because the data delivers her to the ready room she asked data and Riker to leave so we also leave oh we should also talk about outfits here this feels like <laughs> the right time um so she's wearing long black wizard capes with yes. a pointy witch hat Standard and Vulcan. these eyebrows are these Vulcan eyebrows because yes. don't Vulcan okay okay just Vulcan so, eyebrows who else has these eyebrows uh Romulans huh Romulans and Vulcans are kind of cousins in a way aren't yeah, they exactly yeah. interesting uh, and- in the original series, too, because Leonard Nimoy had the uh, the uh, makeup for the eyebrows, that was the origin for like the sort of blue tone underneath it, too, because that was the cover-up makeup for his actual eyebrows. Oh. They would also just randomly put blue eyeshadow on some of them to like get the camera angles. <laughs> <laughs> Becca, it's so crazy you called them wizard robes because I thought of the exact same thing. In ah. fact, I thought that this costume right here is like a perfect design for a wizard character I want to play in D&D now, who <laughs> is too elegant for the dungeon a little bit. Sure, yeah. sure. Right? Yeah, those robes cannot touch a dusty yeah. dungeon floor. I figure she has to constantly be levitating. Also... Vulcans are all about logic and reasoning. What logic is there for this clothing that seems impractical? <laughs> she she's like got a train on the back of her dress. It's uh, mm. yes, you found the one contradiction to the Vulcan logic paradox, and that is ceremony, fashion, fashion. <laughs> but ceremony. <laughs> Whenever they have like a fancy ceremony, there's always some sort of decor that comes out, and it's like none of this is logical, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, their their haircuts are the most logical, which is like keep out of eyes. Yeah. Banks. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Mm-hmm. I like, you know, with any character that one creates, always uh, ask yourself, if this, then what? Mm. If everything has to be completely logical, so does their costume, in my opinion. But wow. counterpoint, she looks great. She does look great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also get of uh, the plot line of Data needing to learn to dance where he goes yeah. to crush yeah. her. We're, we're, we're skipping um, the scene of the haircut. Is that before this? Yeah, this special bar. Yeah, this was after yeah, okay. um, meeting call. the ambassador because this is a very important scene because we see who has been giving all of these triangle sideburns to everyone. The I mean, not, not that it's happening here, but a cute yeah. exchange. It's a man. It is. The Bolian barber becomes like, it becomes a trope of Bolians don't have hair. And so they get fascinated by it and start becoming barbers. And I think this is the origin of that. They get fascinated by it. Like it's their new pastime so much they made it their profession. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. So there's this interchange with Data and Jordy about um, jokes and insults that are friendly. Um, But more importantly to me, the whole time behind Data, there was uh, a hairstyling happening that was a wand slowly going up and down this crazy alien makeup woman's big buffant beehive hairdo yeah. that turned it from brown to red with the wave of a magic wand. 
Uh, was that cool? Someday we'll be there. I, all caps in my notes. I want one of these. Because, yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. I, I also, like, that drew my attention immediately, too, because I thought it was just extra work in the background until I, like, looked at it more carefully. I was like, holy cow, they changed your hair color twice in that. Right. That's oh, really twice? fancy. I just, yeah, <laughs> which I don't understand the purpose of, which is to go, they went from one color to a darker color to like a middle range, I guess. Maybe he overcooked it. Yeah. He overcooked yeah. it. Aud- auditioning the different hairstyles yeah, yeah. so she could How, see them all. On the skin tone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Very impressive little trick. No, it's great. And we can see how, like, when this aired, how far away the technology of this wand seems to us is how far away, like, the iPad and, and everything like that was to them. Whoa. Or even, like, a communicator or anything like that, right? So we still have the holodeck, transporters, and then this hair wand. So. Well, you know, beauty <laughs> hasn't been it, evolving science. at the speed that I would like. That's so true. So let's get on that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what, what, what would you like to see? This wand. Just this yeah. wand. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But if it could also like tighten wrinkles, that'd be okay. <laughs> Notably, that prop is one that's used in like engineering sometimes where you're they'll oh, just really? be, like, waving it at wires and stuff it like that. It looks like a sonic screwdriver. Yeah, it does. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I mean, and ha- serves the same purposes. Yeah. But this line, this this scene has that great line because so Data walks in when he hears the barber and Jordy kind of giving back and forth about like how the barber is not really good enough. He's like, well, yeah. if you'd come in more often. And they're kind of like, they're, it's a it's half. Banter. I can't yeah, make your head look better than it is. <laughs> Too weirdly shaped. <laughs> Friendly banter. Yeah. And so Data drops a line where he just casually calls Jordy a lunkhead. Yeah. What? <laughs> Wait, what? We're like, everybody's like, wait, uh, wait, why did you just insert that into that sentence? His delivery of it is so great, too, yeah. because it doesn't sound natural at all. Okay, uh, we could do that later, you big lunkhead. <laughs> yeah. Brent Spiner <laughs> shines in this episode, like, with every situation, and the delivery for a lot of these could have gone really wrong, but he nails it. Totally agree. Speaking of having a clear character, you just know exactly what they do in every situation because you know why they're doing it. Yeah. Right. Then he goes uh, after he has the exchange with Worf. Then he goes to Crusher and Sickbay, who's attending uh, to uh, Lieutenant. Sorry, sorry. Crusher? did you mean the dancing, the dancing doctor? doctor? <laughs> Guys, the memo said not to call her that. Oh, shoot. Oh, sorry. What's <laughs> oh, a nickname? Always it's a funny nickname. how, like, yeah, I, I, I kind of want to know, like, how much ribbing she got for that on whatever yeah. starship that occurred on. And but for as soon tap as, dancing, no less. Right. Well, that's the thing. It's because he said you specialized in, like, jazz tap dancing or something like that tap and jazz is a genre yeah of dance says the girl who has a videotape of her doing tap and jazz in Uh, seventh grade it's good potential patreon benefit there oh Oh. i was thinking instagram but you're right patron only (laughs) um yeah she doesn't want to be known as the dancing doctor but he says i need to know how to dance she's like okay uh we'll meet in the holodeck to try it out uh, similar to the plot of my favorite movie, <laughs> it's not my favorite movie, <laughs> Save the Last Dance. Oh, <laughs> you say Dirty Dancing. But... Oh. <laughs> oh, also Dirty Ant Dancing. There's a lot yeah. of great you know, to dance related movies. Favorite movie, Footloose. <laughs> uh, no, we also see like the D.E. plot of uh, Crusher's delivering a baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's the, I, here's the thing. There's there's one plot, which is Data's Day. That's and everything true. else, Whoa. it's like a montage of other things that they cleverly kind of 
just pepper in throughout. Nothing is really like obviously the Vulcan storyline becomes the more prominent storyline by the end and the most Mm -hmm. dramatic. But like I love how they wrote this in terms of like it's just peppered new stories every time. It's kind of like an anthology almost. It wouldn't work for every episode, but every once in a while, like in this case, it does. Back to the baby birthing. Could you use the hair dye wand for that? I bet. Yeah. Just wave it, baby, baby out. Oh, I thought you were trying to dye the baby's hair. I'm like, I suppose. A little bit of both. (laughs) You wand the baby out of the uterus. (laughs) It's just a forklift. If you can dream it. (laughs) Hey, scientists, you listen to us, please. I hope there is a scientist listening to us who's just like out of ideas, but then when he hears <laughs> oh, here this podcast, yeah. I've already created everything. <laughs> As if we're creating anything not in the episode. Well, I guess <laughs> forklift one baby delivers wand. babies. Yeah. <laughs> There was a there was a moment at the end of this act, too, that I thought kind of should have been addressed a little bit more. But when Picard uh, tells Data, hey, you need to learn everything about the Romulans. We're going to the neutral zone and I need to know about everything we know about their tactical positions. And he goes, do you want me to look at something specific? And he's like, no, because the ambassador says not to. Mm-hmm. Data sits down and plots a course or whatever. And then he says, uh, if I were human, I would be a little bit nervous or something like that. And then he's oh, tapping yeah, his finger the... nervously. Uh-huh. He is nervous. Even the way he says the word nervous is yeah. very yeah. infused. He has a nervous face on, too. Yeah. Brent Spiner takes risks like that where he actually does inject emotion into it because it shows that Data's like role playing humanity a little bit sometimes. Yeah. I kind of like that. Yep. I like that Brit. Like instead of just keeping him stone faced all the time, I like that that changes. I know totally. if I were human, I would act this way. So let me pretend to act this way. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. it's kind of like the person who like thinks out loud all the time. He's thinking with his face a lot. You know? Right. Because that's what he maybe he's, it's involuntary, like this tapping with the finger. I also think with my face and can't help it. But there you go. Yeah, me too. I know. Me too. <laughs> but then we uh, we get to meet a new cast member. Yes. What? Uh, this is Feline not supplement number seventy four eater. <laughs> but hold on, is yeah. this a different cat? Yes, it is. Okay, this is not the spot that I remember. No, and this you know you never actually learn the name spot oh, in this. Oops. It's just a cat that's referenced. No, it's okay. Uh, Spoilers. Uh, yeah, well, everybody mentions it as spot, but that's we'll learn that cat's name later. This is like a long-haired cat. Like yeah, a, actually, this cat died, orange. and then that's when he got <laughs> spot. So that's no. why. <laughs> no, I mean like in in story. Yeah, yeah, and then he got a little hologram of it and put it next to Tasha's. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just oh. gonna pitch that like he just yeah he replicates a new cat or whatever, right? Like <laughs> replicate a cat. That's called sure, a transporter. Is that cloning? I guess it is. Yep. Yeah. If you can do it for meat stuffs, why can't you do it for living Real stuff? Meat? If you could transport things, yeah, which yeah. we'll get to. It would be a transporter. <laughs> Uh, Can you replicate that... transport living material? Well, scientists to some get fun to work. <laughs> Again, just looks up. It's like, what have I been doing? Yeah. Uh, anyway, Data has a cat. In case that wasn't evident. Well, and also <laughs> apparently from behind the scenes, Brent Spiner is not a cat fan, so this was a big oh, choice. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But, Honestly, uh, as a cat owner, who is? Uh-huh. <laughs> Your cat's name is what again? Little bastard. Yeah, so you're also not a cat fan. <laughs> say that on the internet? <laughs> she said whatever worse. we want. We're in That's space. True. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the notable thing about this scene to me, not the cat, but uh, how hard Data tries 
to employ this tactic he was once told of make your human guest as comfortable oh. as possible when they want to talk about something but don't have the words to say it. It was a good gag. Yeah. Would you like a pillow? Would you like a chair? Would you like something to drink? Would you <laughs> like <laughs> music? <laughs> it's it like the dancing, which we'll talk about shortly. It's so much of data pressing every button he knows on his repertoire, right? Of like. Yeah do all these things as a scientist would. Uh, speaking along those lines, because that is with O'Brien, who comes into Data's office, which we now see see the cat and everything like that. But we see it from Data's perspective of O'Brien is like a lower officer going into the office of like a superior officer to talk to him about something. But it happens to be about his wedding and like uh, the layers there, because everybody else always treats Data with this level of, not that he's a computer, but like an equal, a friend, because we're always dealing with other bridge crew. But this is the time where we see another Starfleet officer treat Data like the commander that he is and still have to deal with this awkward, like, no, I don't need music or another pillow or another drink, sir. <laughs> I thought this was, I didn't really think of it from a ranking perspective. That's interesting. I always just thought because it seems like O'Brien is his friend and vice versa, especially because he introduced him in Keiko, mm-hmm. that like it was just friend talking to another and... I know O'Brien didn't he apologize in this scene too because he kind of blew up at Data in the beginning. But that's totally what like a an officer would do. That's how I read it anyway in the Got scene. It. If like he was coming in to apologize and and stuff like that to his superior officer. Well, if mm. we're gonna get into rank, then there is the strange thing. Well, never mind. This is more something we'll learn about later. But he's a chief. He's a chief. Chief he's petty chief. officer. Um, and maybe in the future we'll learn that based on ranking, he may have. Purposely taken a demotion at some yes. point. Yeah, we will get into that. Oh, well, yeah. that's that's mm. for futures. Yes. All right. Um, we'll tune but, into the next episode after ooh, this one, folks. Teaser. Because uh, <laughs> we are O'Brien centric. <laughs> yeah, two in a row. Mm. I guess they just realized, like, hey, we got another actor. I don't really You're know. What, what do you want to make episodes of? Uh, let's use this guy. He seems all right. Yeah. And then ran away with it. But um, an interesting thing about ranking, I think about this class I took once on improv, specifically in a scene with a bunch of people. Um, it was a very particular improv format called The Pretty Flower. And um, you have like a scene that you continually revisit. And if there is a division, a hierarchy in that core scene, it is so much more difficult to play. And I think that's why most of our interactions are between people who are like, you know, mm. tangential rank or um, what, you know, like uh, within equal. the hierarchy, you mean? Yeah. On the same level in right. different departments, yeah, like yeah, laterally yeah. Right. the same level, because then that like need for decorum or whatever or deferral can go away and we can just have conversations. Well, also, we're going to have conflict in a scene, right? That's why we yeah. see a scene is there's probably at least leading to some type of conflict. Doesn't mean necessarily a fight or intense drama or anything, but it's harder to have conflict. When one person has all the power necessarily and can order the other person. But if there is an equal amount of power, then that conflict is more interesting. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting point, Becca. I hadn't thought of that. Um, yeah. We go to yet another, what is this? Uh, I guess the G plot where we go over yeah, to, yeah. <laughs> yep. we should, well, it's Deanna Troy. He uh, consults her about wedding customs, right? Oh, sorry. Is there a face here? Because all I saw was the camera real stuck on boobs. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
It was She's some making fan service. tea as we are. Just tripod. Like, how do we get this tripod higher? Yeah, you need to be looking bit. straight down at the teacup <laughs> and just your torso. Well, right. that's the thing. It's it's called the in film school. It's known as tea and cleavage, and you always go from <laughs> tea to cleavage first. You never go cleavage to tea because you want to end on a high note. Right. Right. Got it. Got it. Okay, I see. <laughs> Are we writing this down? Yeah, yeah. This down. yeah everybody this should be writing this out. Free classes in You know, filmmaking. sketch the shot if you need to. Uh, so, she, <laughs> so she actually gives, I think, some of the best advice uh, that I've seen her give in the whole series. I love, I love this really quick, very, very fast and efficient scene. Mm-hmm. He asks how to help them, about how to help Keiko and O'Brien. Yeah. Because they're, they're stressing out and he doesn't want, he wants to know what to say to each of them because he's kind of flubbed it both on both first encounters. And she says, sometimes the best thing to do is to let them solve it themselves. Mm-hmm. To stay out of it. A great treatise on marriage in general. Troy knows is. her stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this was this was good life advice in this ep- part of the episode. And also, like, like it's also helpful in in non marriage relationships of like just giving other people space sometimes mm-hmm. because space gives them time for reflection and reflection leads to new outcomes. So sometimes wow, you yeah. you can cloud uh, you can make you can make too much noise in the situation so it's best to step back and I, I love this advice but he of course is immediately interrupted by more drama about uh, the Romulan encounter right that's right for that scene goes far so she uh, to Pell, the ambassador calls him into her quarters this is a really interesting scene to yeah. me yeah because we don't know anything about her either at all. Yeah, we've been kept in the dark, as we've mentioned, because every scene that we see with her ends when she says, get out of the room, Dana. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's have another one of those. Right. So she asks him about certain security level clearance information, namely like the deflector dish power on the ship, like what mm-hmm. its capacity is. Yes. And he doesn't answer immediately, but he reminds her that he has the same protocols as the computer and he will have to report this questioning to Picard, which she immediately says, okay, well, I was just testing if you're there's a quick good. turn of the head and a flash of the very sharp eyebrows <laughs> yeah yeah noted noted and she says well i was testing your security capabilities so never mind cancel the order goodbye yeah <laughs> not interested bye can vulcans tell untruths are they like fairies vulcans can can lie but they tend not to especially if they've gone through the ceremony which like suppresses their emotions it's illogical to hide or obfuscate the truth type of thing unless it's logical unless it's logical there's also the double layer here of who she is and also like what if she was the like a vulcan dealing with security clearance i would imagine with security clearance you do have to lie and it's a logical choice i imagine there's exceptions made when you have that responsibility in the situation but i will say i was genuinely like i don't know what's her deal like i know there's a secrecy but i wasn't sure yeah i wasn't sure if we should trust her or not it was interesting What's she hiding under that pointy hat? <laughs> what bangs. is that haircut under there? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Blunt bangs. What do the bangs tell us? I really loved that scene. And that's when that's when data in narration data reflects on a, to Maddox about like instinct and intuition, right? Yeah. Which we're going to be revisiting a lot. Well, I think that's actually <laughs> that's actually what we kind of get into with the dancing scene, which I'm realizing. I love this scene. I watched it twice. What a fun! <laughs> I wrote what a fun freaking scene. <laughs> it really was a fun scene. I mean, they're both amazing actors and stage actors at that, and so to give them the space to kind of do stuff like this is great. Okay, mm-hmm. here's my takeaway. Yeah. Uh, Gates McFadden is actually dancing, actually and there dancing. is a stand-in in a lot of the shots for Brent Spiner. Thank you. That's also my takeaway. 
Yeah. Uh, but my favorite laugh out loud moment was at the very beginning, she teaches him stomp, hop, stomp, hop. And he just goes, stomp, hop, stop, 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 hop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I dancing, doctor? <laughs> Again, I think that goes back to him pushing every button. He's like, OK, I have done it. Now I will do it multiple times because dancing lasts this amount of time. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. I will keep doing that repetition. It's like a, a programming cascade failure where it's just a repetition. <laughs> over and over. Yeah, yeah. It really feels like they're targeting perfectionism and trying to do things right because there is that's that's the data way to do things mm. uh, but that's also the way i like to do things <laughs> <laughs> is this box check done <laughs> but I think it's also targeting the like purely analytical as opposed to the partially instinctual because what he starts to struggle with is when he doesn't have a precise thing to do, right? Because when they move on to the slow dancing, he there's not as much of a constant steady tap beat that he right. was used to. And he has to rely on the exact movements of a human who's, who've moved, whose precise movements are not to an exact time. And they're improvising the whole time, which is another right. skill altogether. Right. So I, I love that that comes through with the whole instinct chat that he just had yeah uh yeah he says how about you just skip to the final lesson and this is the part i watched twice was the incredible tap dancing skills of gates mcfadden uh, it's just phenomenal. It's, it's such really a great good. scene. Yeah, and, yeah. He, and so funny that he just can do anything she can do. She keeps trying to one up like him of like, okay, but this one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I loved the the way that they did it. And what a great way to showcase, like, I think it was her, but if she had those skills, how to write that into a scene, like, this was the perfect way to do it. I think she does a lot of it because she has she that may dancing have a experience. Double, though. I think she might have done a double. I know he obviously did, but yeah. like I think she might have. And here's my here's my only guess why that hair because yeah. that hair it's easier to hide her face when they did that upward camera angle and that hair is huge in this episode yeah. and I think they did that to put a wig on a dancer sure. so you can hide her face. A Maybe that bit. was a potential thing. Yeah. 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 I don't know. But there, she nailed there it. There was a way. lot of full body shots with her face though. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, yeah, and she does a lot of that dancing. So and I think maybe the real extreme stuff though. And maybe. Data's face was down and it wasn't his body type yeah, in those yeah. same shots. In broadcast you wouldn't notice oh, yeah, anyway. No. Like they they still did a great it job. It was well masked. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh well, we didn't mention the switch of like I am ready to dance at the wedding now. And yeah. yeah. she's like no 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 no. <laughs> Out of breath. <laughs> I love that realization too. He's like that's what we've been preparing for. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, you idiot. <laughs> but I honestly if Crusher had a better sense of humor, not that she has a bad one, love Crush, yeah. but uh, <laughs> she should have just been like, yeah, yeah, you go do that at the wedding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Honestly, people will love it. <laughs> yeah, but then she would get blamed for it. Be like, Dana right. was tap dancing. Who taught you that? Oh, the dancing doctor. <laughs> the dancing doctor. doctor. And then here we are again. Out. We're never allowed to play those kind of pranks on Data, unfortunately, because yeah. the show is a, is like a little bit of a family of like, we have to teach the puppy how to behave, right? <laughs> That's true. You can't troll But him. I agree. I, I want to see that too, Becca. I'm with you. So he snaps up a hologram. To uh, dance with. <laughs> With a hello dance partner female. Did anyone else have the thought of like, did he make Tasha? (laughs) I had the thought, like it was like hazy as she was coming in, but I was like, oh, it could have been like an alternate version of Tasha. And I was like that he did have like romantic interest with her. So it makes sense that he had romantic activity with her. Sure. Conversations. Yeah. Conversations. He's fully Uh, functional. He doesn't, he, familiarity is the only thing that he can replace uh, the emotional connection with. So what you're saying is, yes, I was the only one that thought that. Okay. Yeah. yeah I think <laughs> so. Out of mind. We don't think about, I mean, 
she's the least good yar. <laughs> like, We've only met one other one in yeah. one episode. <laughs> well, last of two. <laughs> I just edited that episode and I've forgotten how much you slam yar. Though. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she sucks. Oh my God. Uh, but um, really great button on this scene. Also, very low back to this dress on this dance partner. And yeah. then as they slowly turn in the waltz, you see the instruction he was given to smile. Such really a great guy. Creepily. Oh my god. It was perfectly done. It was terrifying. <laughs> Laugh out loud. So then we go to the neutral zone and we finally meet the Romulans, who apparently we've been sent here to meet. There's no cause for extreme alarm, apparently. Yellow alert, but yellow alert down from red. Yeah. Uh Tapel gives very specific coordinates, and we meet Admiral Mendak. Mm-hmm. Who says, yeah, uh, what do you want? And Tapel says, uh, I'm going to come on board and we're going to have a conference about what we discussed. And she goes over to the transporter, right? Is that how that goes? Yeah, it's pretty okay. straightforward. And then very quickly, a transporter malfunction occurs and we learn that Ambassador Tapel has been killed. <gasps> Pulaski was right. <laughs> <laughs> That is what that is the takeaway. Yes. Uh-huh. Oh man. Uh-huh. Go. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Let's keep watching. <laughs> well, we start to do a little bit of a law and order crime scene investigation here and law we and interview order Sherlock Holmes. Oh. Good point. There is a Sherlock Holmes reference as uh Picard is like furious about this whole transporter malfunction tells Mendak, "Hey, hold on a second. We're uh, we're gonna figure out what happened, and Mendak is rightly Not like, having any "Oh of it. no, yeah. I know your games, Federation. You killed the one person who wanted to talk to us." Yeah, okay. Well played. And, yeah. and then they started to arm themselves up, prompting us right. to go to Red Alert and get out of there. I really like right. this actor, and I like the way he delivered the line. Well, why don't we both leave before there's another accident? accident. <laughs> The, the the Romulan lines are great in this. Yeah. He's always complimenting Picard on how conniving he is when yeah. Picard's like, no, I didn't do it. I am <laughs> so straightforward. Yeah. You yeah. don't understand. I'm that is guy. not who I am. <laughs> not my brand. <laughs> so we in, try to investigate Tapel's death. We There's a little bit of a Tapel goo left on the transporter pad. Yeah. And dust. <laughs> Just weird residue. And it's not enough for an autopsy, we learn, from either the voiceover or Crusher. Mm-hmm. And real missed opportunity for, um, like, one of those sleeveless coats uh, from old London and a little, you know, page boy uh, cap. Stalker. Yeah. Oh, yeah, page boy hat. <laughs> little cloak. Big magnifying glass. We know Keep those it. are in his quarters. Yeah. Yeah. But Crusher is able to eventually analyze the DNA because Picard puts data in charge of figuring out what happened. And so they look at the DNA and they try to, he asks her to match it to Tapel's last transporter record. And there's like little glitches in the DNA, almost as if either it's been mutated or. Almost as if she wasn't 100% that bitch. <laughs> word for word the line wow how did you remember it That's took a dna test okay <laughs> uh yeah lizzo steps in yeah. who is actually an incredible uh, detective officer. Yeah. yeah oh my god oh my god i, I just want lizzo to green screen film some scenes put herself in a blue in. uniform <laughs> in crusher's sick bay <laughs> oh 
Well, I guess we then that's when Data brings the evidence to the rest of the crew, including Picard, and says, look, some like a second transporter signal must have occurred or there These were transporter shenanigans. Yeah. yeah. And so either the ambassador was like fake, her like transportation was fake or her death was. We're not really sure. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, because once you've eliminated the impossible, whatever yeah. remains, however improbable, must be the truth. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> So we had left, as Xander mentioned, that uh, Admiral, uh, the Devoris was the name of his ship. Uh, so we find out where it is. And oh, we I go thought it was the SS Divorce. No, it's the SS Get Back Together. <laughs> <laughs> Still ties into the wedding theme, guys. There nice job. There you go. Tied it all together. <laughs> The, ad the Enterprise and uh, the Devorah squares off and we have this big dramatic scene with Picard ex like he opens the conversation and he tells them that all right we want to Pell back we know you stole her he yeah. just opens with that he's like you kidnapped her we know you have her give her back and Mendex like I don't know what you're talking about and then suddenly another Romulan ship <gasps> appears <laughs> like oh yeah super sad well decloaks yeah yeah so they've yeah. always been there so we're at a bit of a, a standstill which is when of course Data comes in with, in a game of poker, there is a moment when a player must decide an opponent is being deceptive or actually holds a winning hand. Mm -hmm. And it's it's not just about assessing the cards. It's about assessing the man. Ah. <laughs> oh, you know who's got a good poker face? Riker. Uh, Riker. It's Riker. It's Riker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the they just kind of stare at each other for a while, and eventually uh, Mendak gives in because I don't know if he wants to risk what whatever might happen with with the Enterprise now, especially war. war. Mm. Yeah, war. Uh, but he gives in and reveals that Tapel was actually a spy the whole time. <gasps> this was a great twist. It was, especially because uh, Tapel was just out of frame. Yeah, oh, just she, waiting oh, for she her. Oh, she hated this twist. You can hear it. <laughs> yeah, she steps in frame and is like, ah, oh, now you know. Stop asking questions and get out of here. Yeah. You and your friends, get out of my carnival. Surprise. She's a spy. She's a patriot. I always love how uh -huh. the Romans are so, like, upstanding about their... Well, we would too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. We were a human. Yeah, we'd rub it in the Russians' faces. I get it. Oh, <laughs> this is the Cold War time. Actually, yeah, yeah. This is this was obviously post Cold War, but like also during like Desert Storm time when war was mm -hmm. going on around that. Uh, some days you get the bear, and some days the bear gets you. I'm yep. so glad he got a good line. This yeah. feels like a weird Alaskan phrase. Yeah. Like, sometimes oh. you get eaten by a bear, huh? Okay. That yeah, he must have grown up in Alaska where his dad cooked him eggs, but. Uh, well, sorry, we skimmed across a scene that is very important from earlier, where Riker. Data calls out Riker's horny on Maine. He's horny yeah. on Maine. Yeah. <laughs> everyone knows it, even you know, Data. he's charismatic, and that's mm -hmm. why he is successful in matters of the heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> A.K.A. horny on Maine. Well, speaking of horny on Maine, Troy's dress at this wedding that we go to. Troy looked great in the looks background, so unfortunately. Good. Yeah, I noticed her too. Oh, I was yeah. taking notes. Now I gotta go find it. I need to it's comment. A, a, like a full length version of her like blue jumpsuit, but in a darker blue with the cool lapel. It's awesome. Yeah, she really caught the eye in that in that scene. Well, so after yeah, after the drama with Tapel is done, we go to Keiko, where uh -huh. Data tries to apologize. 
And she says, it's best if you got dressed for the wedding. And he uh-huh. realizes that this resolution has already been solved. Yeah. And because he gave them space. Yes, because he stayed out of the way. So we didn't get to see anything from his perspective because that's all we're following. Nice job, writers. And so we go to the wedding. And uh, notably, Picard's lines about uh, since the days of wooden uh-huh. ships or whatever. Yeah. That's actually the same line that Captain Kirk gave in one of the first episodes at a wedding that he officiates. Oh, uh, do you think he that. found some old star notes? Uh, <laughs> If I had to give nuptials, I would definitely Google some Just some plagiarize this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just have a hard time imagining Picard plagiarizing, of all people, Kirk, but right. whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I will say, this is rude. <laughs> yeah, great. Good, good restraint. I yeah, appreciate yeah. that. Do you want me to say it, though? No, I wasn't going to not say it. Oh, just a preface. Then I take back the good restraint. Go ahead. <laughs> Continue. I don't need it. <laughs> Is it okay. rude to say, like, what's she seeing him, though? Oh, O'Brien? As the, well, yeah, it's not rude, but it's shocking coming from you. Yeah, you've been the, an O'Brien stand. You have a, a he, action figure. It's his voice. <laughs> He's got a great voice okay, for radio. Sure. Yeah. Oh. But you have to bear. Yeah, you have to. You have to look at that person if you're gonna be in a relationship mm. with them, Becca. Yeah. Well, it turns out they may not have, as we'll find out in the next episode, because they're basically strangers. Yeah, <laughs> they have never shared meals together. Right. Like, we'll did, were they it. not we'll afraid? Anyway, uh, uh, yeah. We will get into it. But right now we have their wedding, which is yeah. very nice. Data dances wonderfully. Yeah. It's all great. And he wears the flower because she's the botanist and she's like, wear this. Yeah, that was that's a nice little ceremony. We also uh, wrap up with kind of the, I guess, F plot or like H plot, which is yeah. that baby. Right. And we actually we kind of forgot about the baby. Yeah. And it, it's notable that actually Picard and Data did, too, because he comes in and, and Data interrupts Picard and Picard's like, hey, hold on. While we were doing all that, remember, this Maybe. miracle of life happened. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, a busy day on a ship. Crusher gets like interrupted. Oh, it was from the dance lesson. That's right. That mm-hmm. like they're going into labor or is it something yes, else? Yes, that's, that's why she was pulled because she was going, her contractions were increasing or something. You know, Picard's got an interesting life. It's just go, go, go for him. But it, this is Data's day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you do see like he goes straight from solving an interstellar conflict with their greatest enemies to officiating a wedding. To, to kissing babies. Kissing a baby. He's a politician, <laughs> essentially. Really, yeah. <laughs> and then it closes with a nice like button at the end where he goes back on to night duty, right? We see, which we had it at the beginning of the episode, and we haven't really seen this before, but we the changing of the guard or so, like the acting captain where they relay all their information of what's happening update the person coming in it was cool to see that yeah it was cool to see that uh picard uh data initially hands it off in the morning to riker Riker. and then Mm -hmm. he receives command back from uh wharf at the end of the day i like that also just implies that data never sleeps right because he just he he takes the night shift because he can Mm -hmm. What is night and what is day in space, though? That's well, it's true. when the ship's lights get about forty percent darker. <laughs> you know, our circadian, <laughs> yeah, our circadian rhythm is more than twenty-four hours, just slightly. Oh, twenty. Yeah, it's like slightly askew. Oh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, but doesn't doesn't dimming the lights kind of throw off? I guess it, it reinforces your circadian rhythms for those people that have to work that shift, but they're working, so it should be their daytime. I am not a cicada. Turn off the lights in your own quarters. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It could be day <laughs> everywhere for someone else. Well, that's the end of our data's day. But next week, we'll be visiting episode 12 of season four, The Wounded. Ouch. 
<laughs> where data gets a like a, a splinter what is this <laughs> he can't feel pain uh when a starfleet captain apparently goes rogue the enterprise is ordered to apprehend him before his action result in war fuck that dude ouch <laughs> anyway, let's go there, I guess. Warp four to nine, somewhere four to nine. I don't know. We'll Are we in pursuit? Doesn't matter. Yeah. We'll get there. Engage! I talked a lot about the next episode. <laughs> I'm so hungry I ordered a chicken sandwich.